0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and guys, I got a story for you. I want to share something that I read, and then I want to share just a little bit of my own experience, and and then tie this back to guys who are struggling with pornography and masturbation on habitual. Um, level, which means this is something that you haven't been able to kick for years, you've tried and tried and tried, but you keep finding yourself in this pit of shame and it's, it's as if you give up like every single time you give up and you you're in shame and then all of a sudden things kind of go back to normal where you think, Oh man, I've got this thing. I'm, I'm good now. I'm okay now. And so, but you just keep repeating the same patterns over and over and over again. Now, how can I, uh, you might be asking how can I talk about this is because this is the exact same pattern I was in. It's the exact same pattern. Most every man is in it's in this circle of insanity that we find ourselves, but I was reading a story this past week so there was a race about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, called the Coca Donut 250. Now you can look this race up if you want to. It's an ultra marathon. So it's a, it's a major endurance race and you guessed it. It's 250 miles. Now, why would any human man or woman want to set out to run 250 miles? Well, uh, it's just something ultra runners, I think desire to do. Right. And so some, some of them are okay or uh, fine staying in the 31-mile the range to 50-mile range. Others want to jump up to the 100K range, which I think is 62 miles. And then you have the 100-milers. But it takes somebody really special, <laughs> special you, you define what that means, to want to run a 200-mile. So there's the, um, there's the Moab 240 and then there's this Kokodona 250. And so I was reading a story about a man, uh one of these athletes who was running the Kokodona 250 and he he shared that at mile 37 he just sat down. He stopped and he sat down and essentially he buried his his head in his hands and just started having these thoughts of you know, this isn't my year. Maybe I need to come back next year and run it. Um, I'm not feeling great. Uh, I think that that this is, you know, this is this is not going to be for me this year. And then he started thinking about the comforts of his own home, the comforts of his bed, the you know, and the fact that he was only 37 miles into a 250 mile race. He's like, like, and he his whole point was your mind you can't wrap your mind around that it's it's almost impossible because you know how bad you're hurting already and then to think that you're going to run four and five times longer or m- more miles than that is is really something that your brain starts to shut down so what he did was he reconsidered as he sat there and he thought well maybe I can just get to the next aid station. So what is an aid station? An aid station is a, um, it's what these ultra marathons, they all have aid stations. And there's just, it's just like a pit stop, right? So it's a a place, they're going to have food, they're going to have water, they're going to have electrolytes, they're going to have chairs tents whatever the case is and it's also where if you have crew people who are helping you run these races in other words they call them crew that they can also meet you um, so sometimes they can't be out on the course with you but they can meet you at the different aid stations and it's there that they give you encouragement so what do you do at these aid stations well you stop you drink you eat You get encouragement from your crew and really you rest like those are the four things that aid stations are all about. And so he he said, if I can just get to this next aid station. And so he did. He he got up and he started jogging and made his way however many more miles it was. Typically, these aid stations are somewhere between six and 12 miles apart from each other. So you can imagine in a 250-mile race, there's a lot of aid stations. Um, and, and sometimes you, there's an out and back, so you're, you run half of it out, and then the other half of it, you come back, so you're hitting those same aid stations. But regardless, he made it to the aid stations. And, and then when he was at that aid station, he thought, well, if I can just get to the next aid station. Well, how about one more aid station and another aid station? And I read that, and it was really incredible because this, this, this man finished the Cocodona 250 in three days. So he marched, marched, marched through the night, through the day, through the night, through the day, through the night, through the day for three days. He did this aid station, aid station, just to the next aid station, just to the next aid station. And it's really an incredible story, an incredible feat when you stop and think about it. And really the reason why he was doing this, like why did he even decide to do this is because he wanted to prove to himself that his mind was not going to be limited by what he'd done before. He hadn't run the the this 250 mile race before. And so the temptation is, for him to be limited in what he thought he could do so that's the story i read now i want to tell you a little bit about my weekend because i was doing something much much different um this was uh, saturday my son left yesterday which was sunday to go to texas but i needed to get a run in on saturday and so allison and mary ryan were going to go get their um like their eyebrows done or whatever and so I thought well while they're gone this is the perfect time for me to go get a 12 mile run in and so what did I do I got ready and now I'm not going to have an aid station because I'm just running by myself but what I did have was a six mile loop and so I parked my car I got my water got my snacks because if you're running you know 12 miles is typically on a trail going to take me at least two hours and if I'm gone longer than an hour, if I'm running in longer than an hour, and I know it's going to be super hot, which it was on Saturday, then I'm going to take um, some snacks with me. Uh, typically, this was uh, like a, 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 a goo, like a gel. Or um, I also had a what's called a honey stinger, which is just getting some calories in your body. And then I had some water, and I had my pack full of water on my back. And, you know, I was like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just 12 miles. And so I headed out, I park, I start running. Well, it was hotter than I imagined because this was in the middle of the day. And I got back around to my car after six miles and I stopped and I noticed that I didn't really have enough water. Like I'd brought some more water in and I'd finished the water on my back, like that I had in my uh, backpack, but I didn't really have enough. So I filled up with what I had. And then I was so preoccupied with that, that I didn't eat anything and I headed back out for another six miles and right around with three miles left, I ran out of water and I had no food and I can promise you (laughs) that I struggled. So my car was essentially my aid station, right? So what were the things that I was missing? I didn't have enough water. I did not eat any food and there was no crew there right so I had nobody to encourage me and there was a little bit of rest so I stopped just long enough to um, when I was getting the water and thinking about those things was probably uh, I stayed there probably all of uh, two or three minutes before I headed back out so there's a little bit of rest but my experience on the second half the second loop which was much different Like I started to struggle mentally when I had three miles to go and no water and it was hot. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I could shortcut it right here. I could cut it short, just go back the way through the woods and find my car. But I decided not to do that. I just kept running. I decided maybe I should slow down a little bit. But then I thought, well, the faster I run, the sooner I'll get back to my car so anyway, needless to say, I got back, and it was, just wasn't a great experience. I didn't, didn't take the necessary steps for my kind of aid station to let me finish strong, to let me go another lap, another six miles strong. So why am I even telling you this? Like, why did I even tell you the story about the Cocodona 250? Why am I talking about my run? Because as I was on that run, I started thinking about you. And I started thinking about me previously when I used to struggle with pornography and masturbation. And I started thinking about aid stations, like how important aid stations are for endurance athletes they're very important. As a matter of fact, I would say they're necessary. Like you, you couldn't run 250 miles without an aid station. You couldn't carry enough on your back to finish that race in three days. So here are the four things that I've already mentioned that, are important for believers. So what are our aid stations? What are our aid stations? Think about this. This is what this is what I was thinking about this weekend. Spencer, what are your aid stations? Where do
1: I go? And so brother, where do you go to get water, to get nourishment,
0: to get encouragement, and to get rest because those four things Those four things are what aid stations are for, and if we're not stopping at these aid stations, we are going to struggle, much like I did just in this little, small six miles I was running. I wasn't running 250 miles. I wasn't even running 30 miles. We all need These aid stations. So let me point out these four. So, first, at an aid station, you get water. So, for the believer, what is that? We need the living water that Christ offers. And so, what I noticed when I was struggling with porn and masturbation, and what I see in every other guy that I speak with, that I talk to, that I coach in regards to this is Instead of drinking living water, they are drinking dirty water. So, what if I stopped on my run and just dug a hole until this dirty, nasty surface water started to, and I started drinking that? That is not going to help me. But that's exactly what we do. Like, we don't drink, we don't stop and drink deeply of the living water that Christ offers, and instead we Stop and drink our drink this surface water. We dig our own holes. That's what pornography is. Jesus said in John 4:13, he was talking to the woman at the well. He said, Everyone who drinks of this water, like the water that that humans had dug in this well that she was getting water from, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty the water that i will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life like i need to drink the water that christ provides for me this is where i get like refreshed and so an aid station is for stopping and getting refreshed in christ So my question to you in regards to this part of the aid station, how are you stopping and spending time communing with Jesus Christ? How are you letting him refresh you? Could you go a day without drinking water? Yeah, you could go one day. Could you go two days? Yeah, you can go two days. You can't go longer than three
1: days without drinking water water. How long do you go? How
0: long do you go without spending time alone with Christ, thinking and meditating on him? I think I mentioned it in another episode, or I was just telling some friends about it. I can't remember, but I've started using this app called the pause app, and it's allowed me. So it's a simple meditation app one minute, three minute, five minute, 10 minute pauses or meditations. You can decide how long you want to go. You can decide the frequency when you want to do it, how many times you want to do it. But I've started doing it the past 30 days. I have been doing it in the mornings before I start my quiet time. And it's just time for me to stop and pause and focus my mind on Christ and what I'm about to do, which I'm about to read his word and pray. So, it just allows me to just stop and think about the goodness and the grace and the mercy and how much Christ loves me. Like, those things are refreshing to my soul. If the first thing I do is get up and look at my email or go to work, you know, work on some document or look at social media or whatever the case is, then then I'm missing the opportunity to get refreshed, to be refreshed at this aid station. So that's the first thing a person does when they come into the aid station is they stop and get nourishment. They get water. And so for us, for the believer, it's this living water, stopping and communing with Christ. So the second thing that is at the aid station is there is all kinds of food it's really amazing. Like it's amazing what kind of food that you're craving when you're running long distances, everything from fig newtons to, um, oranges to watermelon, to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to quesadillas. I had quesadillas on my last race, which was pretty awesome. I didn't realize how much I would love a quesadilla while I'm running, but it's, nourishments. It's stopping and getting nourished. And so think about what God provided for his people in the wilderness day after day after day after day. He provided manna because he knew they were on a journey. And this journey was not a short journey. It was a 40-year journey to get into the promised land. And brother, you and I are on a journey for the rest of our lives, I don't care if you live another week or another 50 years. You're on a journey, and you need daily bread. Every single day, your soul needs to be nourished. So how do we, how do, we do this? Well, in John 6, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread, from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so every single morning at the aid station, brother, you need the word of God. This is, this is manna. This is what, what Christ has provided for us. Like God is giving us fresh manna every single day. When we open up his word, we have the opportunity to grow in our affections for him, to Grow in our our joy in Christ. And when we do this, guess what? When we find that He is quenching our thirst and filling us up with His Word, what do you think we don't have the appetite for? Yeah, 100%. We don't have the appetite. We don't have an appetite for porn. We don't have an appetite for a number of other things that would seek to distract us from our walk with Christ. Now, yes, we're going to have work to do, but your work, your going to work, can be glorifying to the Lord 100% if you are drinking and eating from the Word of God first thing in the morning. Like, this is an incredible opportunity for us to find fulfillment In Christ through this, I would call them discipline, these two disciplines, like stopping and meditating on the goodness and the grace of Christ, letting him quench our thirst, communing with him, then reading and studying his word, praying through his word. So, The first thing an athlete gets at an an aid station is water. The next thing he gets is nourishment. He gets food, he or she, and the next thing he gets is encouragement. Remember I said a crew is typically there waiting for him. Well, for me, I need a band of brothers. I need brothers in Christ who I can confess to, who I can talk to, who can encourage me, who I can encourage them. This is vital, and what I found in most men is they they want to hide and they want to lie because this was my pattern. My pattern was hiding. It was hiding. It was not talking to brothers, not being open. It was not confessing sin, And, and really, you get so frustrated with your own self that the story that Satan wants you to believe is you can't confess again. You just screwed up a week ago. You can't go back and tell them the same thing. Well, yes, you can. Absolutely. This is what this is what a crew or a band of brothers is for so it was really interesting um a couple of weeks ago when i ran in that race it was a it was a 12-hour race right so i'm i'm finishing towards the end and uh a buddy uh my buddy joe and his wife came and they were like hey we're here it was towards the end they said hey we want to we want to kind of be with you the last few miles of of the race well i was ready to quit i was ready to be done i almost texted him and said don't come <laughs> like just don't show up really because i don't i don't want to be encouraged what i want to do this is what i want to do i want to sit miserably in my own stories I want to I s- just stay miserable by myself. I want to feel sorry for myself. I want to play the victim. And so it's easier for me to do that when I'm hiding and when I'm lying. It's easier for me to sit back and blame everybody else and hide at the same time. But I didn't text. He came, he and his wife. And so they met me on the trail. I had three miles to go. And man, they just encouraged me the entire way. They kind of kept my mind off of it. And I was in tons of pain at that point because further than I'd ever run before. I was struggling. I was super slow, but they just kept encouraging, kept talking to me. And then when I got done and I said, I'm done, Joe just kept encouraging. He said, Hey, what if you considered one more mile? What about one more mile? How about, how about you just rest a little bit and let's go for one more mile. And he encouraged me to go one more mile. And brother, you need someone you can talk to or multiple someones you can talk to that will help encourage you. This is what ultra endurance athletes, which is what you are in the big scheme of things, like in a spiritual sense, you are to be an endurance athlete. This is what they get at aid stations. They not only get the water that they need and the Food that they need, they get the encouragement they need to continue on to fight the good fight. Hebrews, you have need of endurance. Run your race with endurance. And then the last thing that an endurance athlete, a physical endurance athlete, but also you as a spiritual athlete need at the aid station is you need rest. Sometimes you just need to sit and rest. I know for this story that I read, this man absolutely rested. He actually slept at one of the aid stations. You had to get some sleep in a race. that's going to last you three or four days. You have to stop and sleep. Now it may have only been a few hours, but it's still rest that his body needed. And so we all need rest from the journey. And so think about this. Well, first, before I go on to this, I do want to read these two passages about encouragement from your brothers that I'm, I meant to read earlier. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught up in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then skipping down to verses 9 and 10, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So brother, when we speak of you needing encouragement, this is like all over scripture. We need each other. You You weren't designed to do it by yourself. It's ignorance, and it's folly, and it's arrogance to think we can do this by ourselves, but yet the enemy keeps us believing that we can beat porn by ourselves. Or, God, I can beat this in private. And and I'm not saying that hasn't happened, but what's been your experience with that? How many times have have you prayed and asked God to take it away, and yet you've kept silence, silent and haven't Confess to a brother, and you've just continued to live life at in the status quo. How
1: often has that worked out? I'm going to guess none. So, living water, daily manna, encouragement, and then
0: lastly, rest. We all need rest. Matthew eleven. Jesus says, come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. At aid stations, you find rest. And we need this rest. It's not the working, it's not the constant working, it's not the circle of insanity where you're trying to prove yourself to yourself. You're trying to keep up appearances, you can't let people know what's going on. Rest comes, peace comes with these other three. It comes with finding Christ as our living water, nourishing ourselves on his word, brothers who encourage you. Then we find rest. And what is rest for? Rest is for the rest of the journey. We have to stop. We need to take a break. We need to get encouraged because we have further to go. And so today, this morning, I woke up and I see 24 hours as a journey. I see 24 hours a journey. And I know that I need an aid station in this journey. So I start my day at an aid station. I don't go anywhere without an aid station. It's got to be the first thing that I do in the morning because I know that,
1: man, there's a lot of stuff coming at me in the morning. So what did my morning look like? Well, today
0: I woke up, it was 4.20, got out of bed, went downstairs, let the dogs outside, started my coffee, cleaned the dishes out of the sink, coffee was made, sat down, got my pause app, I started it, I did a five-minute meditation this morning, It just had me focusing on the goodness and the mercy and the greatness of Christ. So it got my mind correct. It got my mind right. And then I opened up the word. I pulled it open. I'm just studying Psalms right now. So I was in Psalm four. I was in Psalm four yesterday. I was in Psalm four today. I read it. I copied and pasted it into my iPad. I journaled a couple of thoughts, and then I pulled up um, a great resource that you can find free on the web. It's uh, The Treasury of David by Charles Spurgeon. And it's just a commentary on every single psalm. So I went to Psalm 4, and I just started reading some of the things that he was saying about it. And it just was like, wow, this is pretty, pretty awesome. And then I started reading through it. I was like, man, this is really good. So I journaled some more, journaled some more was confronted with sin in my life, confessed that sin. And then I got done with that and I um, copied and pasted it into uh, I'm on Voxer. And so there's a brother on there that I wanted to encourage. And so I copied it and pasted it and then just left him a message and said, Hey, just want to talk to you real quickly about this and share my thoughts. And then I got up. so I wanted to I wanted to be an encouragement. I need brothers to be an encouragement to me, and I have many who are, but I also want to be an encouragement. And so then I got up. it was five at that point, it was five, fifty. I put on my shoes. and today is a rest day from running, so I just went out the front door and decided I was gonna walk for two miles. That's what I love to do is just walk and pray. In the morning, if I'm not running, it's, it's for me more enjoyable than running because uh, obviously running involves some type of pain. But So I just walked, and it usually takes me 30, 35 minutes to walk two miles. And I did that, and I just had a great time of praying and talking to God and confessing more sin, just saying, God, here are some areas that, based on Psalm 4, Like I haven't pondered on my bed and thought deeply about these areas of my life that I'm falling short. And so I come to you and seek your grace and your mercy and forgiveness and God empowerment to actually act and do the things that I know I need to do. And so that's what I did. So that was my aid station this morning. That was it. I came home. My daughter was getting ready. I fixed her breakfast. I mean, I fixed her lunch that she takes to school. She was off. I sat down, and then I just started writing, here are the things that I need to do today. And, and then I started writing notes for this podcast because I wanted to get this done before I really started my work day. That's it. That's the aid station. So my question for you, brother, is what does your aid station look like?
1: I've never known. A man who runs successfully in
0: life without an aid station.
1: Spiritually speaking, is absolutely true. Like, what does your morning look like? What are you committed to in the morning?
0: Are you getting alone with God and communing with Him? Are you feeding on new manna each and every morning? Are you repenting and finding forgiveness and then encouraging other brothers? For many of you listening to the podcast, you don't have a morning aid station. You don't have a powerful morning routine that sets you up for success the rest of the day. And
1: what does that mean? Like if you don't have that, what does it mean? Like it likely means that your
0: day is ruled like you're at the mercy of your own emotions. Triggers own you. Your stories go unchecked. And by the evening time, you have no energy and no endurance, which means zero sexual integrity. Right. So by the end of the day, we're all drained. If you work, in your end of the day, especially if you're alone. right? So one of the biggest struggles for men that I've talked to is just this time alone. And what do they typically do? Time alone means time to sedate. And time to sedate, and listen, we all sedate in different ways. And sometimes we're just going to need like, I feel tired and I don't want to do anything. And that's okay. But when it becomes habitual, when every single night you have no energy, no desire. You haven't
1: had your stop at the aid station. Like you have zero desire for
0: repenting, being encouraged, encouraging another brother.
1: You have low desires for God. What I found in my life to be true. right and so what happens is a lot of times it's easy to
0: give up throw in the towel like if you continue to ignore the aid stations that god provides for us all along this journey no i don't need that aid station no i don't need that aid station you're going to end up like me like i was saturday struggling on the back end of this race i was struggling if you're not stopping at aid stations You will run out of fuel. You will run out of food and water. And you will absolutely run the risk of giving it up, of giving up. Like some of you not only need it in the morning, you also need it in the afternoon. And you probably needed it at night. Aid stations at night. What does your nightly routine look like? How can you fit an aid station in your nightly routine? Living water, daily manna,
1: encouragement. Rest. Brothers. Like probably the most
0: important, the important, most important. Um
1: uh, I guess how do I say this?
0: Like the most important aspect of my recovery and walking in purity is my morning routine. It's what I do in the morning. It's how I start my day. Brothers, I hope that the Lord will encourage you to think deeply and seriously about your own time in the morning, time with him, what that looks like. I pray that he would lead you to commit to doing whatever is necessary to rearrange your morning. If you have to get up earlier, get up earlier, do whatever it takes for as long as it takes. This is what true commitment looks like. And listen, I'm committed to it, but it's not. It's all God's grace. Like I can't even take credit for it. The Lord is good to wake me up. The Lord is good to give me a desire. The Lord is good to open my eyes. The Lord is good to give me these desires to pray and to meditate on him and to think about him deeply. Like all of that is grace. So I can't sit here and say, look how good I am. I'm not like every morning's an opportunity for
1: him to reveal sin in my life and for me to confess. We all need this. All right,
0: brothers. That's all I have for you this morning. I hope that you have an incredible day. And I just pray that the Lord would bless you and lead you. And he would just lead you into deep waters, like deep living water, that you would find refreshment for your soul, that you would find food to get you through this journey, to keep you going on this journey, that you would not quit, you would not give up.
1: All right, guys, I'll be back on another episode probably later this week.